I mean, here, here in Bali with uh, Uche Dion, um, she's, uh, she moved to Bali when she was 15, been here almost 10 years, and she's interested in um, psychology, entrepreneurship, and power of the mind, and I think uh, she has some interesting things to share. So. Uh, can you tell us briefly um, how you came to Bali and how you got interested in psychology and power of the mind and entrepreneurship, finance and um, also um, why you studied computer science? <laughs> that is going to be a long story. Um, where do I start? how I moved to Bali yeah and and um, your first experiences here and um, what got you interested in psychology well I came to Bali when I was 15 um, and I came here for high school because my auntie invited me to come here it was quite interesting because um, actually, in when I was in Sumatra, so I am from West Sumatra, and when I was there, um, I actually already applied for high school in Sumatra, and I already got all of the uniform uniforms. So basically, I was ready to go to high school there, and then my suddenly my auntie, like I think, two months before the school started, my auntie called my mom and asked me. Um, you know what I'm busy doing and then how old I am and then my mom told her that I just graduated from junior high school and ready to go to high school and my auntie said oh can you please ask her if she would be interested to live in Bali with me because my auntie uh, has three kids but all of them are busy so she's kind of lonely so her idea to bring me here is so that she would have friends here and then um, I remember it was like in the evening I was hanging out with my friends in our neighborhood and then uh, my mom called me and then she told me and my mom wasn't so happy about it but she she told me anyway I mean she could have just uh, you know not told me not mm -hmm. tell me but she she told me even though she was she was quite sad about it but she said your auntie called and she she asked you if she if you would want to to live in Bali and I was like yes I, I remember being so excited but my mom was so sad and she was like um but we already paid for your new school what about your new school and then I was like but I want to go to Bali um, it would be so fun and, you know I was 15 years old and all I could think of is all the things that I have seen maybe like on TV you know like beaches and things that we don't have in, in Sumatra and my mom kept on convincing me you know like um, are you sure because uh, even though it's your auntie it's going to be different living with other people um, to living with your own mom and 
but I just I just couldn't listen I just couldn't hear it anymore because I was too excited to to come to Bali and then like a few weeks later so I decided to say yes I said I said to my mom say yes say yes I want to come and then my mom was like looking at me looking so disappointed maybe she was thinking how could you want to leave me and then Bali is not it's far away from Sumatra but my mom was just like are you sure I think she asked me that for so many times but I just didn't change my mind and then um, <laughs> before we called my auntie my mom was still looking at me asking me if I was sure and I said yeah yeah I want to go and then my auntie uh, said okay cool so two weeks later or a few weeks later we um, came to Bali and then um, yeah even then my mom was still trying to you know to convince me that let's go back let's just tell your auntie that you just want to be here for holiday let's just tell her that you change your mind and then I was like no I want to stay here I don't I'm not changing my mind um, and then yeah so um, finally my mom gave up on it and the first few days the first few months here it was you know I was still trying to adapt and even when I was in Sumatra I was living by myself like I started living by myself since I was 12 we were living in a share house with my friends because we went to school like uh, far away from home so um, it was quite quite challenging trying to adapt with the new environment and trying to live a family with a family that is whole say there is mom and dad because my auntie and her husband whereas my family is not whole because there is only mom and there is no like my dad wasn't pre present in our lives um, since I was maybe I don't know 10 so <clears throat> so um, yeah it was challenging to live here because w with my mom uh, if she tell me not to do stuff but I want to do them I would just do them whereas here you know there is there is a lot of I I guess what you call it maybe fear like if my auntie tell me not to do stuff I have to really listen and resist and then I remember when I first arrived um, my auntie tell me you you are not allowed to hang out with friends if you want to hang out with friends you can invite them here and if you want to hang out you can only hang out with us um, if you break the rule I will send you back to Sumatra and then I asked why and she said well Bali is, is different to to our hometown in uh, or our village in Sumatra because in Bali you can find everyone from the whole world and it's wild here it's like you can get you can easily get lost like you know like doing some naughty stuff and by naughty I mean it's um it's a religious based um definition of naughty because I believe everyone has 
different definition of what naughty is but in our definition because in Sumatra 99% or I could say maybe in my village 100% of the people are Muslim so naughty would mean like you know hanging out with guys going to the club or um, drinking smoking maybe doing drugs or um, you know sex before marriage because it's it's not allowed right religious uh, wise um so those things and then um at the beginning i was i felt a little bit shocked because whoa i thought i was gonna be able to hang out with my friends and explore all those things but but yeah I, i had to make a choice because if i want to stay longer i have to follow the rule So in the beginning, I did feel a little bit restricted because my friends would uh, often ask me, hey, like uh, after school, they'd be like, hey, let's go here and hang out. And then I would say no. And then they'd be like, why? Because my auntie doesn't, doesn't allow me. And then I remember the first few months of school, um, my friends would keep asking me like because they want to hang out every day after school but I would keep saying no but until they give up you know like they would be talking about where to hang out and then they would say like deliberately in front of me okay let's just not ask Ucha because we already know the answer <laughs> what the answer would be so um, that is quite I, I, I remember the first few months feeling disappointed you know because those are the things that makes me I think excited to come here um, but also after a while I think I got used to I got used to not going out with my friend but anyway I still hang out with my auntie and then we often go places that maybe I would never go if I were hanging out with my friends so um, that's like the, the good side of it and then And you bought a lot of uh, books, right? Started reading a lot of books. And um, can you say like what kind of books you read and and what your reaction was from your family? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I started reading book here um, because my cousin used to read a lot of books and I remember she um, would give me one book and she asked me, oh, do you like reading? And I said, Yes, but I didn't I didn't think that she would actually give me a book to read and even more surprising she would ask me every day if I have read it and uh, ask me how I think because I was just, you know, um trying to say I like book but I didn't know that she was serious. Um so she gave me this one book. I think it was about like a fairy tale kind of thing, like a Harry Potter kind of thing and then Um, she gave me and my cousin was always um, careful if she gave me book because I was 15 and she made sure there's no adult content in every book so that was very nice of her and then um, she would ask me hey did you read the book and I said no and <laughs> did you and then uh, until a few days and then I finally decided okay I have to read it otherwise she's gonna keep asking me so then I read it and then I figured uh, I didn't really like novels at that time because I thought 
why would I want to swim in someone else's imagination? I could just make my own. Mm. So I, I didn't think it was fun at the time. And then um, I gave her my review, but I wasn't very honest about it because I just say, yeah, it's good, something like that. But I, but I didn't really say what I really thought. And then so then she kept giving me novels. <laughs> but I think after a while, I realized that actually... It can be good um, because there are some experiences of the characters in the novel that I think are real and that I can learn from without having to experience it myself. Then I started to get into novels. But then one day um, my cousin, because I often would uh, sleep in my cousin's room and then we often have like a pillow talk maybe until 3 a.m. in the morning. In the morning yeah. So she, one one day she tell me about this. I think that was the most um, beautiful or remarkable memory uh, of our pillow talk. She said, you know, there is this book. She said, it's called The Secret. Um, um, so she explained to me how The Secret works. She said, uh, it's the, like your mind is related to the universe and they attract each other like a magnet so she said so she said like you can attract whatever you want and i remember um because i often she often asked me to hang out with her and we will go to the malls and then every time we go to the parking lot we would uh she would be like oh shit we would we didn't we we won't get any parking like lot and then I would be like hey remember the secret so we would like remember remind each other of you know mm. the secret we can just think about it and mm. then we would create together so that was fun every time we talk about things that we want and then we think it's not possible um, we would remind each other hey the secret just it, it's possible let's just think about it so mm. so that's fun and then I think uh, that's my f- that was my first encounter to reading about you know those kind of thing like um, like the power of mind and stuff like that and then that was I was in high school so I couldn't really buy my books that I like so I just read all the books that um, my cousin like and because mm. she doesn't really like to read all of the psychological books so I would read it and tell her what's in it because she is more into the novel so we would be like sharing but I think it was yeah it was it was beautiful that we would remind each other like we would be on the way and then it would be traffic and then oh my god we would be late and then it was like oh shit hey the secret we won't be late it would it would be okay so mm-hmm. it's often like that so um after a while when I was living there um and then I were, I graduated from high school and then I go to university and I also work so I, I quite a lot I had quite a lot in my hand at that time you know because I would wake up at five um, helping with some stuff in the house and then go to work and then come home and then go to university there was a point where I feel like um, maybe exhaust, exhausted or something and then I would often wake up in the morning just feeling confused I guess or surprised and whoa I'm here again I wake up here again Mm. or what am I doing here or 
how did I end up here or things like that you know those kind of questions and then um sometimes I would just there would just a moment where in our daily interaction um I react a certain way and then they complain about it and they said why did you react that way because other people normally wouldn't do that so then it got me questioning about how is the proper way to feel then or to to react to things then so so I was getting more and more interested in you know learning about how the emotion works and how the brain could affect um, you know our daily interaction and yeah I started buying a lot of books mostly some sometimes I would buy novels but mostly I would buy you know uh, psychological book or self-help book or motivation motivational book um, mostly I also read a lot about the brain because I really love the subject like because I love how learning how powerful your mind can be if you know how to use it mm. correctly mm. so yeah um then i i started reading and then i spend most of my time in the room if i have free time and i would read books and i was like um what you call it re- roommate with my other cousin at the mm-hmm. time and then she would got frustrated with me because she was like how can you just lay down there for hours and hours and just read books like I want to hang out with you and I was like I don't want to hang out so yeah I think at that time I really need time I I really needed to be there for myself and the way I do it was by reading books and by understanding I guess I was trying to understand people at the time which led me to understand myself more too and then I remember my auntie would come to my room because I rarely hang out with the family sometimes we would hang out like in the living room watching tv together but I would be I wouldn't be there and then my auntie would be like what are you doing in your room like look at your book do you even read them (laughs) and I was like of course I do and she was like you it won't make you a professor by reading a lot of books so and that and now I can laugh about it, but at that time, you know, I felt like like the questions that I had in my head is not something that I can talk to the people around me at the time without being afraid that they think I am overthinking or being oversensitive. So yeah, that was quite challenging and um um, but I, I, I thought, yeah, this is my only entertainment. So yeah, I will, I would just keep reading it, and then, and then it got me thinking, why do I read then? Do I read so that people think I'm smart, or do I read? Why do I read? Then I, I realized, uh, I read because I, I wanna try to understand things more, or people more, or myself more. So it doesn't matter what people say, I would just keep reading. Then, yeah, I was reading a lot of stuff. And then I started to get into kind of like spirituality, about um, loving yourself, um, personal growth, and stuff like that. And then also 
I got into studying a little bit about parenting because I figured um, when I, I I read about parenting and uh, I could somehow learn or like look back to how my parent raised me to understand where a certain behavior that I have came from. So that was quite fun um, trying to to observe those things and you have a story where you use the parenting technique um, to uh, kind of get the kids to do what you right? (laughs) yeah that's interesting because um, I read in the book it says that when you tell kids to not do things it just it would just make them want to do it more and more and if you say to them hey don't like don't go outside you are basically <laughs> telling them go outside so i i uh practice it like i practice it with my niece and my nephew so they would come to my room and then um because i studied those things i i just wanted to see if it actually works and then i would uh, if they, for example, if I'm in the bathroom and then they want to come inside and I would just say, uh, hey, can you please close the door and then uh, just wait for me there? And then they would actually do that instead of say, don't come here. And then they would probably even cry until I let them in. So, Or if they want to go outside and then I would say, hey, can you please lock the door? Uh, maybe the, like, the tiger will come here so we will be safe. Just lock the door, please. So... Oh, then you give you are actually directing their their energy, and yeah, it, I figured that it worked. But with myself, um, because it's telling oh, if the parents do a certain things, it would turn the kid into like it would turn the kid into a certain thing. So I would remember oh, my parents used to say this to me. Oh, that must be how I. I behave this way now, oh, so so I think learning about parenting was a good way of learning uh, about yourself as well. And who are the some of the um, memorable authors um, of the books you used to read? Well, I read this book called uh, "How to Master Your Ma- How to Master Your Mind uh, and Destiny" or something like that. It was written by uh, a Singaporean guy. His name is Adam Ko. So I came across his uh, his story when I was, I think, 12 or 13. Uh, whereas he was... Uh, he's known as the dumbest kid in his school, you know. And he would go to the worst school that Singapore ha- have and you know like his parents would get frustrated like they don't know where to put him because no there's no school that would accept him until he came across the NLP neuro language programming neuro linguistic programming um and then yeah he went on to say about like his dream like oh i want to be the number 1 a student in my class I want to get all A in my grade and then I want to go to the best high school at the time he was in the worst high school and his 
even his teacher would be laughing at him but then he proved that he could actually be the first one and he got to the best school and then he was he went to the best um high school uh, no university in in Singapore and i i was 12 and i thought wow this is actually possible at the time i thought it sounded like magic mm. um but you know in sumatra there's no big bookstore where you can find any book that you want you know like so it's where at least where i live not in the because we were living kind of like in the village so mm. so i was like i i just kept reading it but i couldn't i couldn't find any other book that would uh tell me more about what NLP is until I came to Bali and actually uh started getting into more depth about the power of the mind and how actually if you learn to to use your mind you can master your destiny so that's one of the book that I love and then one of the thing that I remember because we don't always remember everything that we read from one book right there's only one or two lines maybe that you remember so from that book I remember um it's saying take responsibility so it says that when you blame blame your situation on people it's basically you are giving away your power mm. because you think that um it's them causing causing mm. you to be in a certain situation uh which also means that it's only them that can change it but then it says so you must take a responsibility and no matter what happened to you you should say to yourself this only happens because i let it and i can change it so i think that's one of the the life changing um book that i have read because i think i started to um if if something happened to me of course i'm not always aware of it sometimes i still uh, blame it on people but when i'm in a good state of mind and i realize that well these things happen because i let it so how do i change it so yeah i think i read many books that change the way i look at things and also it changed my life as well so you have an example of um where you used that technique when um Auntie said you couldn't go out to visit your friends right um, <laughs> you applied that technique yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah changed your mindset about what you thought about her right yeah so because usually before I go out um, to see my friends I would think wow she wouldn't let me go at that time I was already 20 or 21 so I think my auntie was more was less strict because she thinks oh she is already an adult and then she could take responsibility for herself so basically at that time um, my auntie was less strict on me but I think I was still in the mindset where I where I think she still thinks I am the 15 year old that she needs to be protective of so um, I I would want to hang out with my friends and then thinking that because I have to ask her permission permission right because um, I still live with her and then I would think oh my god she wouldn't let me go and then because I have fear in me then it got uh, projected then maybe like she could feel it so she would end up like no <laughs> or why would you go there or stuff like that but then when i changed the way i look at her and then i i 
I change the way I talk and then I'm more confident about it, I would say I want to go out with my friends. And then it it was more like a statement rather than a question. And then she would be like, okay. So that was that was cool. Like, uh, you know, experimenting with with um, this kind of things. Mm, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, any other author you remember? Um... Well, I quite like this spiritual, magical, you know, kind of stuff and psychic power. And I read this book called uh, The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari Mm -hmm. as well. And it's talking about a lawyer who was very rich, but then decided to sell all of his uh, all of his material stuff to go on a journey in India and then figuring out about all of the spiritual stuff and then he went from you know being a fat 50 year old something guy to being very fit and coming back to his um like his old life seeing his uh former colleague and then that guy was confused because he was like 20 years looking 20 years younger and then it was all because just because he changed or he treated his inner self better whereas because before maybe he was more focused on the material stuff so i think i think that that's very inspiring to me to always be aware of not only taking care of my physical body but also you know my mind and my mental and my you know emotional so that's another book and then i actually have many books um i read i read also the tony robbins book um and what else did i read i forgot no oh yeah and you also did a um 10 day vipassana meditation retreat right Um, yeah so basically like uh no no talking no uh interaction with other people for 10 days and, mm. and um, a meditation from uh, it's like 3 in the morning until wake up 3.45 wake up 3.45 until like 10 p.m. or something yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that and your experience well yeah um, it was my first I've only tried it once and I have always loved the idea of, you know, being in a dorm, wake up as at the same time as everyone else, and there is a bell uh, waking you up. I, I like it. I don't know why, but I love it. And then eating together with other people. So um, my boyfriend took me there. And then, um, yeah, I mean, I didn't have any expectation of, what I'm gonna turn to become after we finish it. What I really, what my intention before we went was, well, I want to experience how it feels like to meditate all day long and then <laughs> and then whatever comes, comes. But I guess um, it reflected on like my daily life to me. Uh, when I was there so I remember because we we wake up early and then we 
have to do walking meditation, sitting meditation, and do chanting and dhamma talk and stuff like that. So um, there is a point where sometimes I feel like, because we can actually go to our room and just sleep as we please, as long as the teacher don't know about it. But we would be in the hall, do you call it? In the hall, meditating with um, the other people. And then I would think, oh, maybe I should just sleep and then continue meditating when I'm back at home. And then I realized, no shit. Like, if I'm back at home, I would be thinking about here that I can meditate here. Then I would end up not not doing any meditation. <laughs> so I tried to to you know do the meditation the best way that I could and my challenges was um I'm like I often feel sleepy and my my legs are normally sore like I couldn't last more than 15 minutes in the first few days but because we sitting sitting that is yeah sitting yeah. um the first few days because we have like a what you call it one-on-one interview not one-on-one but like interview with the teacher and then he, he would uh ask me so what is your struggle and then i'd be like oh mostly i feel sleepy and then he would be like you must put effort <laughs> you must be patient and then um and then i the the next interview i i i just couldn't handle you know the the soreness like on my ankles when i am sitting cross legged so i told him about it and then he said just feel the pain and then uh I think he said, you must be patient, you must put effort and just feel the pain, it will go away, that's what he said. And I remember feeling surprised and asked him back, it will go away? And then he said, it will go away, just be patient. So then after the interview, I went back to the hall and then I sat there again and then 15 minutes, like I said, 15 minutes is the longest I could last and then it would be so sore that I would just want to stand up and do like a walking meditation. Mm. But after the interview, I, I um, remember what he said. Okay, I have to be patient. I have to feel the pain. I have to remember that it will go away. So then I, I just try to feel the pain when it comes. I feel pain. I feel pain. <laughs> I feel pain. <laughs> yeah, but it did go away maybe after... 20 minutes but when I finally I finally could do it for an hour without any pulse like I was sitting for an hour solid and then when I stood up my 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 legs felt like jelly I was like whoa I I was a little bit scared because I thought did I just broke my ankle because I said it for too long but then I I tried to feel it but literally it felt like jelly and then uh, and then I, I just needed to wait for a few minutes until I felt normal again but it was a pretty good lesson which I think I could apply to another thing like put more effort and just be patient and then the result will come mm. yeah so in the meditation uh yeah, if you if you're feeling sleepy, 
mm. put more effort, right? Like, yes, put more effort. Yeah, and, <laughs> and um, I've I found myself the opposite. Like um, sometimes I focus too much, and then it causes me <laughs> to feel like tired because uh, I put in too much effort. Um, uh, so I think there's some kind of balance between yeah. putting in effort and and not enough no. effort <laughs> and falling asleep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So interesting. Um, anything else about the the meditation that you remember? Well, I remember because there is like a statue there where the Buddhist people uh, pray, like mm. in front of, and then I was sitting there with the lady. Um, she she came here from Jakarta like I mean to the meditation retreat and then I like she told me a little bit of her life story and then I remember uh, sitting there with her and I, I don't know suddenly I felt the some kind of force <laughs> that led my hand to go on her back and just you know trying to calm her down but I don't know what's happening I mean she told me her life story but it wasn't the sad life story but at that time I just sit next to her and then like was caressing her back and then she said thank you and then she was crying and I thought wow there must be something happening with her and she needs maybe like a company so at that time it, yeah it was like kind of magical but I think other people experience some other you know, magical or interesting stuff. But for me, that was the that was the thing that I remember uh, as a magical stuff because I didn't really know why I was doing that, but I did it. Hmm. So, do you think by the end you were more present in the moment? <laughs> I don't know if I was more present but it's funny because um, when we left the meditation retreat we actually stayed a few days in Ubud and then we were I was walking on the street because we had a, some kind of like um, walking meditation so you walk very very slow so when I was walking on the street in Ubud I forgot that I was no longer in a meditation retreat and I walked very very slow and I remember people being so annoyed at me but I I think I could I could feel my emotion more uh, afterwards but I don't um, I don't remember I, I, I think I feel more in tune with my feeling put it that way yeah, yeah. Um, and you also were interested in um, uh, finance and entrepreneurship, right? Yeah. Um, books like um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad mm-hmm. and perhaps some other books. Um, can you tell us your uh, why you started reading those and, and what came of it? Well, it's interesting because... Um, yeah, it it's... Uh, related to all of the story about the you know how I encountered a psychological stuff and with family background as well and seeing um, just like people in in the family in general like oh where they have to 
work and leave their kids at home, maybe being taken care of by like a babysitter or their parents, which in a way is amazing because they're basically、uh, sacrificing. You know, they I believe they don't want to leave their kids at home, but they kind of have to because they want to give them the best life.、Um, but for me, I had a different. Well, I just thought. If I had a chance to have kids, I don't want to have to leave them at home. I want to be able to be there for them, like more than any other people.、Uh, so I thought, okay, what should I study? And then I thought, okay, if I want to do that, then I would, be, I should be able to work from home. What skill? What what skills should I learn that gives me that ability? And then I thought, oh, I would just study computer science, <laughs> and I would study about yeah, I studied about the rich dad poor dad, which I think is amazing. Oh, I didn't read rich dad poor dad actually,、uh, but I did read why student A worked for student C and student B worked for the government. But it was written by the same guy, Robert Kiyosaki,、mm-hmm. and yeah,、um, I think it's kind of change. It changes the way I look at like the conventional work life, where where people,、um, you know, go go to work and then retire at the age of maybe fifty eight or sixty, and then、uh, yeah. Doing business, I I think I want to do. I don't say it's not a good thing to do, but I didn't see it for myself. I had a different idea what of what my life should be, and it's not working nine to five every day until I turn fifty six. That's what I thought at the time. I still think the same today, and then I studied computer science. Then, <laughs> oh my God! Uh, but I figured it's just I didn't really like it because I remember sitting in the classes,、um, thinking, still researching about psychological stuff, still researching about the mind, still researching about all those things, spirituality and parenting and. The financial or most things I would Google about is how to make money online. So, so that's that's what I would、um, Google. But but I didn't leave、uh, either because when I first got in,、uh, my auntie told me it's it's difficult. You you think you're smart that you can study computer science. So I just like. If I, I I thought if I leave, I mean, my ego is a little bit. <laughs> uh, what do you call it? Hurting, you know. So, I decided to to stay. But yeah, that's kind of the reason why I studied computer science. But the main goal is so that I can have have my.、Um, Own business or just do things from wherever I please, whenever I please, something like that. So, but the good thing about getting in that 
particular university studying about computer science is because they not only teach us about the skill but also how to create a business out of it so they we uh, there's a subject called um, technopreneurship and project technopreneurship which everyone has to take because yeah it's like we are encouraged to make a startup and um try to make the business plan try to pitch learn to how to pitch to the investors and all those things so um it was good i still i love that part of the the course so i love the business side of it but not the coding and the programming yeah so and you have a startup that you're currently working on that's um received some grants and some awards right mm. so we uh this is my third startup that i joined in mm. i mean yeah that's also interesting because i found friends with just when i was when i'm studying computer science i thought wow am i stupid because i can't seem to deal with these things like i just don't like them and <laughs> but i do but i am good at some other things which at the time i wasn't aware of but until i found friends just would come to me and ask me to join their startup and it got me wondering like what do they see in me that i don't see in myself So yeah then that that was a good uh twist because I think I gained more confidence from that and then uh this is our third startup and then it's about um like travel like traveling um app uh, so to help people find their uh accommodation and then also um guide and to where they go and they can plan their trip and they can also uh it, there is a a trip to wallet we call it where people can plan their trip and start saving their money there until they got the enough amount of money so that they can start traveling yeah um and uh vegan food <laughs> oh, something I was going to say about computer science um, oh yeah so you um, you thought uh, you thought you were not good at programming right mm-hmm. um, but later <clears throat> later on you uh, you said that um, I remember you saying that uh, you thought it was a, just a natural skill that people had, right? Yeah. So some of your friends were really good at it and some not so good. And uh, uh, yeah, later on you realized that um, actually actually it's a, a lot of hard work to get to where they were. They, yeah. they actually did a lot of hard work to, yeah. to get to where they were in programming. So you thought mm. you were just not good at it, but um, it was more a matter of... Uh, Yeah, you thought you was not had to be naturally gifted at it, but it was yeah. actually a lot of hard work to yeah. get there. Yeah. Had I known about it, I would have, you know, I wouldn't have given up on it so quickly because um when we first like the first day of because 
in high school I studied um, hotel accommodation like hospitality and stuff like that so we didn't use computer that much whereas most of my friends who studied there they already studied uh, you know computer in high school and already studied about programming how to make websites Mm. and stuff like that so um, I remember being in a programming class and then uh, how we do it at the university usually the the lecturer would display like a big screen with the code and then he would say okay now copy this code just so that you are used to seeing the code and to the syntax and so on and then uh, I remember them like just doing it so quickly so easily and then they they barely had any errors and I thought whoa everyone's good at it I'm not is it I don't belong here and I just thought this is not for me so then I would just I started feeling yeah it's just not for me everyone is good at it and I'm just I just wasn't supposed to be there so every time there is like a programming class I would just um you know like do some research about like power of the brain and read some books or watch some videos about it so yeah I kind of missed it (laughs) but I think there's still a meaning to it I mean Mm. like Steve Jobs said you cannot connect the dot looking forward you can only connect the dot looking backwards (laughs) and you have um, you know when you're in a team you have other skills like um, you'd be good with the marketing or business side of it so you, you would usually work on that or doing up the documents or something yeah 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 so that's kind of how I survived during university because if it's usually if it's a programming related uh, task it would be in a group so we would like divide the tasks my friends who are good at programming they would be doing the programming and I would be doing like the presentation or any other things that is not related to programming so yeah Mm. and so your startup now can you, can you say what awards you've already won and if there's anything any other uh, grants or awards coming up in the future? Uh, we won awards from the government like two times and got some money. Um, we call it it's called KBME and um, another one. Oh, we also got an an investor already. And on 2020, we are going to start launching it. And we haven't joined any other competition yet recently, but hopefully that would be more yeah. in the future. Okay. Yeah. Um, so who's you, who is the investor? And um, um, also, where, where are you targeting your launch initially? Mm. The investor is a friend of one of our team member, and then we are gonna we're planning to launch it in Lombok because most of our par- partners now are in Lombok. Yeah. But the market would be domestic and westerners. And your investors also um, interested or already in the tourism business? No. 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 Okay. But he just has faith in it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and how about the government in Indonesia? Um, uh, I heard they're quite supportive of uh, technology and entrepreneurship. 
Yeah, I think the current government uh, is very supportive about the technology and the startup in particular, and they have some events to support the uh, the startup and the small businesses and then to make them go online and stuff like that, which is good. So, yeah, it it will it makes us feel inspired and wanna keep going forward. Yeah, <laughs> I I read an article. Uh, President Jokowi said he plans to. <laughs> I, I I think it looks like it's a real true thing. He plans to re- replace a couple of the government ministers with AI. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think about that? He would replace the government minister with, with AI? With artificial intelligence. Well, the thing with AI is it doesn't have emotion. And I think there are some problems. Someone said that if a problem is so big in your brain or your logic cannot solve it, you go with your emotion. I think mm. that's one of the things the AI don't have. So. Mm-hmm. But if he does that, we'll see. <laughs> see yeah, see what happens. You yeah. know. Um, and who, who, what are the latest books or um, kind of uh, mentors or uh, people or idols that you have at the moment um, in terms of um, power of the mind? I'm really into reading any stuff that. Marisa Pierce has now. She is like British number one, uh, I think, hypnotherapist, you call it. So she talks about, there's this line that she has saying, first you make your belief and then your belief makes you. So um, I really like all of her, you know, teachings and uh, and she cover up a lot of topics as well, like, um health um reverse aging brain power relationship money and stuff like that which i like to or manifestation so i'm currently i'm really into studying about uh manifestation so i like uh bob proctor as well and also the other guy is oh i read the napoleon hills Think and Grow Rich, and Bob Proctor's uh, You Were Born Rich. So, yeah, those are the latest thing that I have been reading and studying. And also I have this um, hypnotherapist book, but because I'm really into those kind of things, like healing and emotions and hypnotherapy. Yeah, so those are the latest and of course, Oprah. <laughs> I like her. I I think I just like kind of her charisma, and it seems like whatever she said, it sounds so powerful. So and then she's just so true to herself, and yeah. So I I love Oprah as well. Mm. Um, do you think you could see yourself in the future being the next Oprah (laughs) well someone said that there can only be one person there can only be one Oprah and there can only be one me so um, (laughs) it definitely would be awesome to be 
successful as successful as charismatic as Oprah but I don't know what field I'm gonna be excel in because yeah still figuring it out yeah mm. um, okay how about uh, you know I think there may be some young people in um, Indonesia who are also thinking about moving to Bali I mean would you recommend that for Indonesians on other islands to come to Bali or you know what kind of challenges could they face or what kind of um, opportunities could they find in Bali mm. well it's hard to say that I recommend it because we don't know what what people want to find you know so but I think for people who wants to maybe shake their beliefs a little bit I would definitely recommend them to come here yeah. because um, Indonesia is a very religious Muslim based uh, belief and then I think so many people live um doing things that maybe they think uh, just so that they can be accepted in the society but not necessarily the thing that they really really want to do so once you get here you don't have that kind of judgment you don't have that mm. kind of worry and then you start to question yourself and your beliefs and then like whoa those things that I have always been following is that actually the belief that I have because I believe in them or just because it was inherited to me and yeah so so if someone is trying to find themselves they definitely are recommend I def- definitely recommend them to come here mm. because you can be you can feel more free to express yourself and then you can see yourself more and then the opportunity is I think first of all Mm. living in Bali can be difficult and easy at the same time Uh, we just need to learn how to balance it a little bit and the challenges would be yeah there's just so much freedom if especially you don't have family here and you are young and you don't have anyone to remind you hey you know don't do that and don't do this and then you question your value and then why you do things why you don't do things would be based on your principle and the value that you have and i think it's important to to have some kind of you know basic values that you're holding on to so that you don't get so lost I think mm-hmm. um, and um, I mean in Bali the main industry is tourism right so um, if anyone was to come here I mean it would be you know almost mandatory to be able to speak English mm-hmm. um, so how did you learn English well, I learned English. I started to seriously learn English by reading a daily English conversation book. So, 
so I, I had no one telling me how to do it properly but in school definitely we were taught mostly about the grammar because we like we learn English to pass exams so we didn't really learn how to make a conversation or daily conversation so we went to the bookstore one time and I saw this tiny English daily English conversation book um, and I said to my auntie can you please buy me that one and then she bought it for me and I remember my cousin tell me uh, you just have to read it out loud and practice it every day so I used to read it like from start to finish every day like three times a day until I kind of memorize everything in the in the book and then um, yeah it just s- sort of came to me naturally like there is no guidance I was just uh, doing it based on my intuition you know oh I had no one to practice with okay I'm gonna practice myself so then I remember when I was at my auntie's house I was sweeping the floor in the living room I was I thought I was there by myself and then I was speaking to myself imagining as though I'm the person <laughs> that I read in the conversation book and I was just saying whatever that I remember and then my, I didn't realize that my auntie was in the room next door and she said did you just speak to yourself <laughs> and then I was like I was so shocked that I I just I couldn't tell the truth so mm, I said no what did you just say I heard someone speaking and I said yeah I was remembering some physics formula and then she was like at the time I was already at university and she was like I thought you're studying computer science why are you studying physics yeah we we studied basic physics <laughs> only the basics <laughs> but actually I was practicing the English conversation but I think it's good because after I learn about the conversation um, and it, because so many things got repeated and your brain kind of just pick up oh this word mean this and this word mean this and then it's easier for me to learn the grammar after I know how to speak some some basic conversation so once I look at the grammars uh, oh okay oh this is the past tense oh this is the future tense okay so yeah that's kind of how I learned my English and then I used to listen to English language song and then I used to really read like actually really google the lyrics and sing along to the singer so that I can get it right so and then I used to watch a lot of um, YouTube videos and I used to practice a lot that's that's I think the key I practice a lot and I practice with myself because uh, usually I would drive to work for 15 minutes and I would drive there practicing talking and uh, to myself <laughs> and drive to university for 45 minutes and just talking all the way for 45 minutes I would often, sometimes, if I'm not aware, I was speaking too loud when I stopped at the traffic light and caught people looking at me and I was like, shit. So, yeah, but, yeah, it was good. So you recently got the highest marks in English at your university, is that right? Yeah, when we did the test. Okay. Yeah. So techniques must work. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and you said you were also teaching English for a while? Yeah, I taught English for a year, and then um, most of the people that I taught were were 
they they already went to courses and paying expensive amount of money um to do the courses but then you know when they do exam they do get high scores but when it comes to speaking they just can't let it out so then i i get them to tell me what is your problem and then they told me so basically what i did i did more of a brainwashing them to become an you know english speaker rather than telling them i tell them very little about english how you know like the technique like no like the grammar or stuff like that i'm more like making them feel confident making them feel comfortable trying to convince them you know like i i remember i used to tell them you don't have to be afraid if someone judges you uh if you say something wrong in english usually if it's a westerner they want love at you they would appreciate it and if someone love at you usually they don't even speak english because <laughs> because if they actually speak english they have gone through what you are going through and they know how hard it is and they won't be loving at you and even they speak english and they are loving at you they don't they are not the people that you want to be around with because they don't respect you so so i think that gives them kind of confidence and one of the person that i thought one time she was going to go to school in australia so she had to be able to do that and she said wow i'm so nervous to go to australia because my friends said that they are very racist towards asians and stuff like that so i kind of talk a little bit about what i know about you know confidence and the brain power and stuff like that to overcome those things and yeah so we were in contact after that and she said thank you so much um you were very helpful like you were the best english teacher i've had something like that so mm. so it's like a mindset training yes more of a mindset training rather mm. than the english speaking training yeah. <laughs> yeah and um do you think power of the mind or mindset can help in other areas like finance or health yeah i think so i think it can help in anything there is this guy um that i like who's uh, research a lot about the brain his name is tony buzan so he's basically the guy who invented the mind map he said if you buy electronics it always comes with a with a manual but you have a brain so powerful that you can use to create a lot of things but it doesn't come with a manual and as humans it is our job to figure out how our brain works and yeah and i think it's it's good if we try to figure it out ourselves because everyone is different and then we have different history have different backgrounds and uh yeah so great well thank you for your insights into oh wait yeah? i also lost 12 kilograms in 3 months using the power of power of imagination and manifestation Can can you tell us how that works? <laughs> Sounds unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> so, I uh when I first arrived in Bali, I was 45 kilograms, so I was skinny. And then the first year I gained 13 kilograms. Uh but um and um my weight was 50 I think how many was that? 50 Forty-five, fifty-seven, fifty-seven until nine years of living here. It remains on fifty-seven until one day I I started to feel uncomfortable because I feel 
more lazy to move, and I feel I feel sleepy more often. And then I thought, uh, wouldn't it be? It would be so nice if I, if my weight can go back to forty five again, and then I can wear all of those, you know, tiny <laughs> outfit, and I can I don't have to feel uncomfortable like this, and yeah, I I just had a very clear picture in mind what a 50 kilograms me would look like and I think I was so excited by it that I I forgot that I was uh, way more than I like to so and then I didn't do any diet I didn't change uh, any habit uh, until you know three months later well I weighed myself on February 57 and then um, three months later my friend started asking me hey are you sick and I was like no why you look so skinny and I was like oh maybe because we just haven't seen each other for for a long time and then many friends kept saying that and I just ignored them until one day my lecturer came to me and she looked very serious and she said are you sick? What's your problem? Do you need help? And I was like, do I really look like I'm a sick person? That I weigh myself? I was 45 kilograms. And then I thought, whoa, that is unbelievable. So, yeah. Um, so, if... Uh, <clears throat> do you think other people can do this? I mean, are... Uh, what would be the limiting factor? I mean, uh, perhaps there's, um, you know, because uh, I think um, some people have deeper subconscious beliefs which mm. um, may prevent this from happening, right? Yeah. So do you have any comment on that? Um, do you think other people can do it? Or? I think other people can do it, but they do need to put some effort to study how it works and to study how they their beliefs works. you know, like what what uh, deeper belief do they have because if you have a conflicting belief it won't work mm. but yeah so yeah if everyone can do it but you need to put some time and effort to study how it works and actually until you actually believe in it yeah I think because um, yeah for me I managed to change my mindset and uh overcome my health issues and now I very very rarely get sick um, mm. um, but I did try the the <laughs> diet one and just eating whatever <laughs> I want but I think I must have not truly uh, you know believed in it because mm. uh, for me it didn't work um, I think I still for me I still believe in the, that I have to exercise and stuff like that so I think I still um, I still have some way to go to yeah to uh, be able to do that and it is interesting because, yeah, you can see, I mean, some people, they can eat whatever they want, right? Mm. And, and, and they remain the same weight and other people just eat a little bit and they put on weight. Um, yeah. so, so in the Western world, we call that metabolism. Mm. But what, what makes the difference between one person's metabolism and the other? And is it possible to change that? Yeah, I think it's possible to change that. For example, in here, we have a belief that if you're... If you're fat, it just means that you're happy. 
So maybe someone, <laughs> someone don't eat that much, but they really think that they want to look happy and then put on some weight, for mm. instance. So, or people just believe that it's in their genetics to be uh, skinny or to be fat. So then, regardless how they eat, they still manage to be those of what they believe in. Mm. I think so. I I think it's it's always good to check on your belief and see you know maybe there's some that you need to change yeah in order to be the person that you want to be so what if i'm someone who says oh um it's in my genes like this is the yeah. way this is the way i am from my genetics mm. um is it possible for them to do it or not yeah i think it's possible to do it they have to change their belief So they have to let go of that belief and then replace it with a new belief that they can be, they can look like or be like whoever they want to be, regardless what genes they have. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen. Uh, I think it was Bruce Lipton talking about epigenetics and other that. So, so other um, there are other theories around. Um, genetics so there there are other um, mindsets one can follow mm. um, other perspectives on um, on uh, how genes influence us and I think in in the Western world we we are told that uh, um, you know you have your genes which are passed down and and they basic they dictate a lot of your life I mean some people uh, like Angelina Jolie even mm. You know, uh, removing her breasts because of her genes, because mm. it's it's you know it's believed so much that yeah. the genes will will cause this outcome mm. you know, like, um, with such a degree of certainty. Yeah, imagine you know, if after removing the breasts, the thing, the whatever disease that she's trying to avoid can still come because she has that fear of having that because it's a fear base, right? Mm. So it's it it's there's still a possibility. Well, we know, yeah, we know that fear is linked with the immune system, right? So, yeah. Um, But it could also work another way because maybe by her removing her breasts, actually her letting go of her fear. So. Yeah, it's yeah. interesting. Um, seeing seeing those deeper beliefs, and I think sometimes um, we're not aware. Of not aware of what those deeper beliefs mm. are and not aware that they're still affecting us yeah yeah okay well thank you for um your story like hearing about your um, journey in bali and uh and uh your insights into um power of the mind and um also your journey with your your uh, startup and I hope it uh, continues to be successful thank and, you um, hope to hear from <laughs> you again soon <laughs> right, thank you very much thank you